The Intermediate Line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. The Intermediate Line is brought to you by nervouswater.com.au. Thomas and Thomas Fly Rods, Shilton Fly Reels and Call and Fly Lines. Power Pole, Total Boat Control. Ketterfly Apparel, from time on the water to you. Beast Brushes, we stay in our lane of experience to improve your experience. Welcome back to another episode, folks, of the Intermediate Line Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris, and I'm here with my co-host, Freshwater Vaults. How are you, Vaults? <laughs> oh, great, thanks, mate. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, know, I notice you've uh, you've given me a new moniker. What's that about? A what? New name. Uh, no, that's well, it's only that I heard a lot of other people call you that, just given your recent, um, you know, adventures. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah. A lot of other people, you make it sound like it's common. Oh, there's at least 30 or 40, I suppose. So not a lot. Just oh, um, really? They're only the people that are, I hear. I'm sure there's probably, that's like an iceberg effect where there's like maybe another, I don't know, 5,000 underneath <laughs> that that are probably calling you freshwater vaults. I don't know. There could be. Funny you bring that up, eh? The only guy I saw who said that was uh, lives in Exmouth, WA. But funnily enough, he uh, he got hacked less than 24 hours later. I'm not saying it was me, but it was just funny, <laughs> Yeah. Are you no. are you the forex trader, are you? <laughs> no man. I call you the forex man. But, mate, I have trouble remembering my own passwords. You know how my tech skills are. Oh yeah, yeah. people people who got <laughs> speaking of your tech skills, people who got in pretty quickly would have seen Volti's um, great great post on the uh, with the Jamie Howard one. Quickly got onto that and got it within five minutes. But if you saw that gem, <laughs> you can see the sort of techno skills that um, that Volti has. It's, oh uh, man. Yeah, that's great. Hey, that that special aqua effect. I yeah. needed like a like seizure medication after watching that clip, man. I was just like, holy shit, man! Fuck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I swear, I had some foam coming up in the back of my throat. It's like it's happening. Fuck, I got to turn this off. I was lucky it was only a reel. I only went for thirty seconds because, man, I tell you, you could knock someone out with that that effect you put on that. I know, man. I, I apologize to people who are triggered with that for that five minutes. Hey, um. Speaking of that, Johnny, Jamie Howard's um, uh, uh, podcast has been one of our all-time best downloads, um, and um, you know, I'm quite. I was I was really thrilled to to present Jamie's story to have a chat with him too. It was fantastic, um, and I was quite proud with how it turned out. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was it was a, it was a good one. A bit of a high point for us. Freshwater Vaults presents Jamie Howard. <laughs> <laughs> a freshwater vaults production <laughs> yeah yeah man yeah so, so i just uh, just hit me how long this is probably going to stick for you you poor bugger you know like it's um people have known Volti for a long time like i have have known that Volti's nickname was teflon for a while but unfortunately this podcast is um is wearing down that teflon i guess even even skillets fucking have to get replaced every now and then right Listen, mate, the, the armor will go back up real quick. You watch. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll, find a, I'll find a new angle, or I might—I don't know—I might even fish the salt and catch something. Who knows? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. See where uh, you're going. I'm sure we'll get there. Uh, I just felt it's all about timing, you. right? Yeah, for years, for years, you were just freshwater, Chris. You know, you're going up there in your Aussie whaler and just catching. I don't have an Aussie whaler, you fucking cunt. Fucking. <laughs> There's nothing more offensive to people, <laughs> to people who own Boston whalers to be caught, have it called an Austin uh, Aussie whaler. God, they're an a horrible Aust- boat. An Austin, Austin Powers. Austin yeah. whaler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I, it's, I actually, it's actually not the fishing, but it's actually one of my biggest regrets right now. I love that whaler, but I sold my five and a half meter gale force. I sold that to Gavin Davis. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I had to do it for for. Yeah, um, quick investment, but um, mm. which didn't work out, funnily enough, and that's sad. But I remember when I bought this boat, I sort of said to myself, you know, uh, literally, it's so dumb, so stupid. I, I really wish I had someone to slap slap some sense into me. I think I've caught enough tuna now. I might just um, I might just start going back to my grassroots and estuaries and dams and stuff. Um, <laughs> and and the fishing's been great, but I um, I really regret having to pick my days when I could be going to places and. Uh, not having to worry about getting home, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, anyway, I get that. I get that. And by the way, I, I, uh, I didn't mean to to irritate you with the with the um, with the Aussie whaler comment. I know that gets your your goats up. In fact, so yeah. Please accept <laughs> my virtual antihistamine tablet, and then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what? It's like it. It could be a, an honest mistake for those on looking. However. I feel like I know you too well to know that there are no honest mistakes with with Volti. <laughs> uh, They're so probably like, "Fuck, you reacted hard to that." Well, you'd have to know Volti, you know. Like it's a, you'd have to know that that was just a um, a proper venom tipped blow dart right there. <laughs> the poison dart frog. That's yeah. what I meant to say. Poison dart frog. Yeah, well, dart. yeah. So, yeah. Anyways. Um, Good times have been had in the fresh water. I, so I t- snuck up. tell us, tell us yeah. what happened, mate. Well, Here's a report. Do you want the whole, the long story or the short? Oh, mate, whatever you feel as though is an entertaining story that narrows it down to the highlights before the podcast, because we've got a lot to talk about, um, and it's just us. So, you know, let's uh, right, let's keep so the energy there, mate. So I dodged a family camping trip. Um, and then uh, under the guise of, of uh, doing some modifications to the boat, and we knocked those over real quick. So we um, sort of tidied up the back deck, put a hatch in it. That's hey, we um, we'll get onto that. Okay. Yep. Yeah, then anyway, we finished that and said, stuff that we're going fishing tomorrow. So we went up to Barumba, but the problem was it was cold, like real cold. It was a Sunday. It was in uh, school holidays. Um, so everything was against it. And the water on top of that was cold and it was dirty. Had this, you know, shitty baby poo brown color and not a lot of visibility. And yeah, um, actually, just on that, note, folks will remember. I think I, I think I said the same thing right on the last podcast, right in the intro. Mm. That 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 algal bloom in there. That's what you found too. It's it's, it's kind of shit. Bruma's kind of fucking, uh, like difficult at the moment, right? You know. Yeah, yeah. It's not blue green. It's <clears throat> baby poo brown. You know, like yeah, it's uh yeah, it's a baby poo brown algae, right? Yeah, di- diary brown, and um, anyway. PPV bloom. <laughs> so we're there. We fished, you know, you know usual spots, a couple of techniques. I, I just upsized fly a bit um, to account for the water clarity. And and um, actually, I was playing with um, one of those walk the dog style flies too that um, that I've seen you and more recently uh, 
Brooke Swanton get get into. And, that's uh, a that's a Jeff Creamer um, deer hair spook is what he calls it. There yeah. you go, Jeff Creamer. Yeah. He, he he's got a great idea, the Creamer. Yeah, um, he's got a, got a great. We we've talked about talk about the video. He's people who've listened to this have listened to the video. If you go look up deer hair spook fly water test on YouTube, you'll see it. It's fucking really good. Yeah, and it's a work of art. And then once you get like it wasn't wasn't too hard to get the the strip just right when you get the strip right this thing dances you know and just walks the dog it's beautiful it's fantastic so um i've it unfortunately wasn't a surface day but um never is at brumba (laughs) so we um anyway went back to leeches long story short um i I lost everything that i had a bite from which was three kyle um and one of them was a real honker like felt heavy you know like big and Kyle got his, uh, he got a big one too, sort of low to mid-70s, um, maybe mid-70s, I think he said when he measured out later on. But um, it was a good-looking fish. Um, but, you know, clearly it's getting to the time of year where they're going to start pairing up soon as the water temperature increases. But it was only 20, 20.8 or something in most of the places we went to. That's what, that's what we found midday too, up, up the other day earlier. It was like 18 in the morning and um, got, got, got to 20 at midday, you know. Yeah, 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 it's tough, eh? And yeah. um, and of all things, pulled a uh, Kyle pulled a yellow belly, which was you know really really cool. Like I, I'd never caught one on fly there, and um, uh, I'd never s- seen one like in the boat that I've been in caught on fly. I know a few people get one here and there, including yourself. So it's something new for the boat. Kyle got that, and um, it it actually fought pretty hard. Like I'd heard they were not you know hard fighters, but um. You know, it uh, it would have pulled maybe the equivalent of a of a similar size bass. You know, this yeah, right. That, that's that that's pretty gone pretty hard for a yellow belly then for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it went. You know, it had him around a tree for a bit. I guess maybe that it, uh, it sort of hooked it on one side of the tree and it swam to the other. Mm. So that might that might have, it might have been able to put much heat on it. But it did. You know, it did uh, it did go all right. But once it was in the net, it didn't fight much. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah good. I, we could, I, was, I was up there once with Macca, and we uh, we caught one. It was just it was just floating about this time of year. It was just yeah. cruising on the surface. It looked like it was sick, uh, and it didn't spook at all when we went o- all the way over to it. And then Macca just got it in the net, and uh, we scooped it up, and uh, we took a photo, and I got him to put the net over his shoulder, just so he know, we know how he caught it. <laughs> <laughs> then we released it, and it took off like a scalded cat. It was weird. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it wasn't sick at all. Just clap in the net, but as soon as you put him back in the water, it just went pew straight back to the bottom, like Mark Berg, you know. <laughs> Is there a yeah. more an- an- <laughs> annoying sound? Pew! That's what lets a let that a fish go. Oh mate, or you when you hook up and people go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that that's pretty cool, mm-hmm. man. That's a that's that's a yeah. I, like I like I said, I was up there like uh, maybe. A week before, I saw mm-hmm. with Jakey, mm-hmm. uh, and it was tough, man. We didn't even we didn't even roll a fish. Oh, actually, I, I dropped one. That's right, but uh, um, but it was a lot of cast between that one eat, you know, and a lot of. Pl- I even took into the honey hole, which I'm not going to describe. There is, you know, where that is, right? Oh, possibly. Okay, you probably don't then. But uh, that's the sort. That's the place I get when people catch up, travel in town. They go, I want to catch a toga. That's where I take them. And I don't abuse that spot. Don't get all the time. Save it as a special place. But um, um, even that place was just—it was just 
just a desert. It was tough. No, it was a tough day. No honey in the hole. Mm. No, it was. Uh, there was just buttered, buttered sausage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you'd have to be uh, watching the memes to know that one. But um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, man. So that's cool. And and you've been uh, getting out there catching the um, the uh, the Queensland bonefish too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That. Um, uh, yeah. I was, I was, once again, snuck out for another trip. Um, got down into the the Wong. It's going off at the moment. Um, tilapia everywhere. Like pelagic schools of look to be like subdominant, maybe maybe female, maybe betas rather than alpha fish. And they're just cruising around, and the and the boys are there making their their big nests, and um, and uh, you know trying to get the girls into some action. Um, and I, I tried to annoy them into a strike. I don't know what the secret is with them, but I got finally got two eats after about ten million casts of you know the same fish um, on two occasions, and then um, and yeah, one that just didn't sort of the hook fell out and the other one it, it ran around a tree and tied itself to this tree and i've tried to unpick it and then it snapped along so man yeah. so you've told so far you, you've in the last 10 minutes you've talked about five fish that you've uh, you've dropped what's going on mate uh i don't know that's a good point um but on the upside i did catch my pb carp um that's a so plus yeah, it's a plus, and the, yeah. I'm embarrassed to say this thing ran, dude. Like, if you know, the other week how I said I, I got one where I could see the backing, like you know, a couple of wines, and then there was one where backing left the reel and got up, almost up to the first guy. This time, mate, I had 20 meters of backing straight out. Like, you just this thing ran like a bone, mate. Um, um, can I ask you where you're wearing your Howler Brothers bag again? <laughs> Yeah, I was wearing the Howler Brothers. Okay, well, it's, start, it's, it's kind of starting to explain. Like, I'd say that fish probably thought you were a pussy and um, <laughs> went exceptionally hard, you know. <laughs> it yeah. probably misread. Probably, I'd say, look, you know, if you want it's obviously misread. You're, you're a proper hard hard dude, you know, like for sure, you know. But, uh, you know, there's no one, no one doubting that, Vols, at all, okay. But that fish obviously saw something in you and went, I got this. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to well, jump the wall. <laughs> um yeah mate he ran he ran hard and um and yeah i had to crank him back in and yeah but we ended up, ended up with a few carp a couple of lost bloody tilapias but yeah it's a good day all around mate good um, day, mate that's great yeah my mate who i went with he hadn't been out for a while so it was he was his first go after a while and um he, he just bought himself one of those uh dj mav drones so i'm waiting on the footage from that with um he put it up over this little corner. Had a, you know, a number of tilapia in there. It says it's truly shocking the amount of, of these fish in there. So, um, you know, it, uh, it. Well, we'll never get rid of them, obviously. But shit, there's a lot of protein floating around, waiting to be eaten by some predators. You know, protein. So, yep. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I went fishing this morning, mate, and it's uh, and I don't have as good a stories as you. Um, I broke my rule about not fishing in school holidays, and I kind of wish I didn't, but I I didn't want to go fishing through school holidays, but last week I bowled on that new power pole motor, and I got sick of walking out the shed and looking at this bright shiny thing. I thought I'd just get out in the water, calibrate it and stuff like that, but I'll have a have a bit of a cast and stuff like that, and um, yeah, that was, that was not cool. Um, <laughs> 
So it's, uh, you know, it was one of those days. There's so many people on the water. It was just one of those days you've probably seen it or wherever you live, you've probably seen this as well. Like when there's that many unusual punters on the water, like you're coming up, you're, fate, you're, you're driving straight onto a boat and, you know, you pass, you pass on the right-hand side of a boat internationally and then they start veering right like you're in a car and they try to keep you on the left, you know, like yeah. you pass on the left. You're like, God damn, you fucking idiots, man. Just fuck, you know. So you just, I, I actually just stop because I don't know what they're going to do. You know, you're like, you, you're that dangerous that it just, I'm going to have to just stop and let you go past. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, just the Tom Frilly at the, at the boat ramp, people cutting in and people like just crowds on the, on the, on the loading dock just watching you load your boat and stuff like that. And it was, um, ah, oh, retards, man. I tell you, I, uh, I watched a dude, I pulled my boat down. And I watched this guy try like wait for his spot where I was, right? Yeah. And um, um, and then another guy came through like after like I had my boat, and I had my car, my trailer in the water, got my boat, drove it on, hooked it back up, got in my car, and um, and drove it out to the rigging area enough for this guy to to um to uh, drive down, and he must have been on the phone for a split second, and this other punter drives in and then s's around him. And then backs into his spot. <laughs> I'm just like, man, this is crazy. And um, and then he gets out of the car. And he's like, oh, sorry, mate. I just I just really need to get my boat in the water. Eh? I'm like, God, man, what a what an excuse, hey? I, welcome, I'm to, welcome to school holidays. How did he not get shanked? You know? Oh, it's just yeah, the guy. Actually, the guy who was waiting was a professional. He was a a, a boat training dude. Like he does licenses and stuff. You know? Oh, so, sorry. Like what's his name? Art, like Archie's boat training or something. Yeah. I don't know. He had a jet ski on on board, mate. I I really paid him little attention. But um, that was the other shit that was out in force today. Just the lake lice, just just crazy. You know, I wasn't on a lake, I was on the on the salt. But um, you remember what the salt's right? Yep. And um, <laughs> and um, yeah. Anyway, but there was jet skis everywhere. It was just just a crazy spot. But the motor went well, man. That was um, I, I got it's got a little bit to report in regards to that. That's for sure. Yeah, so, good. yeah. So, well, shall we begin? Yeah, man. Let's let's hear about it. I've I've been waiting with bated breath to hear about it. So I really want to see it. I really want to experience it firsthand. And I, I think this is part of the biggest news that's happened in, um, you know, in in recreational fishing boating for a while. So yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's um, it's interesting the way these things work. You know, as a bit of an observation, I suppose. Like Powerpole had this motor spest. It was industry news for ages. Like. Uh, I remember speaking to Des about it when I first heard it. He goes, "Oh, they've been talking about that for ages, you know." And um, and uh, you know, if if it ever comes out, and then everything accelerated. I noticed that other brands then started to bring out motors in the same price range with similar features and stuff. It was almost like they they led the way to sort of bringing out a, a motor built to a a level that they probably wanted to, but just didn't weren't confident that the market would sustain. Who knows? But it's um, but it's a cool motor for for what it is. So um. First of all, like I, you know, I installed it with Des. It was easy to install, super easy. It, it fit on the same place that I, I kept them in Coda. It's a little bit bigger, uh, a little bit wider, um, but it's not a problem. Um, will, it, will it fit on their, their quick release mount? The Minn Kota? Yeah, will it, will a power pole mount onto the the Minn Kota quick release? Oh no, it's a bigger puck. It's a bigger it's a bigger puck and it's stainless steel. It's oh, not okay. it's not nylon. There's no flex in it. Like it's uh. That's the first thing you notice when you install it. Like the um, the everything's everything's bigger. Like it's everything's beefier. Like even that titanium shaft is 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 uh, it's just a everything's robust. You know, you get mm-hmm. you get two remote. Everything in the box you get two remotes as well. Um, 
which is pretty cool. And then they're they're wirelessly charged, so you can hook um, the charger up like a dock mount in your boat, and so you can just keep it in a hatch or under the under the console. It's waterproof. You could keep it up on the bow if you wanted to, but um, uh, it's just it's just um, you plug it in there and it just charges, and then it does its updates. It hooks up to a satellite and it just does app updates. You know, you can only assume it's um, hooking up to a satellite because there's no Wi-Fi where it's doing the updates and stuff if it needs it. Um, so that and they both operate the uh, the the motor. So if, if you're on the bow and uh, and you hook up and I'm down the back or or vice versa, someone yeah. could drive the motor because you could just both of you could have a um, a remote. You know what I mean? Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so yeah, out of the box, you got you know they got the, some differences there like that. Um, um, little things that you see in the videos like the deployment thing. It's got a little a little foot pedal you press down and you just hold your hand out and it comes up and meets your hand. So there's no no leaning down to push it forward and you know all we'll that shit that um, you, you traditionally do with um, bow mount electric motors. Uh, yeah. It's pr- pretty easy to deploy uh, and all that sort of stuff. Um, what else is different about it? Um, uh, you know, other than that, it, it's pretty pretty self pretty pretty simple. Like the wiring, the battery, everything's the same. So uh, I got that Green Marine 50 amp hour um, 36 volt engine in there motor. So battery rather, which makes that motor on my boat 100 pound of thrust if it has a 24 volt battery in it it's an 80 pound of thrust it's right. a big step up from the 55 pound that i had on there i definitely um don't need 100 pound of thrust from my boat sure. um, but but it was fun but i'll get and i'll get to that um some of the features on there like it's dead silent like um i tried to get a video today of it i haven't actually rewatched it to see if it worked but you go to min repairs their page and like we, we got my motor there and he's got the microphone on the motor casing where you would be the steering box normally you would hear it goes around and stuff you can't hear a thing it's it's crazy silent the whole motor is exceptionally silent to the point where it was kind of annoying to know whether it was going or not you know i had like if you're cruising at like low speeds like um uh, if I was like, uh, you know, just wanted to move or, or just fish at a slow speed that I didn't have a big, um, you know, um, slack in my line and stuff like that. So those sort of speeds, what would be normally ones or twos, you you can't hear it at all. You can't. You, it's just there's no silent hum. Even with the Minkota, I could hear a, a, a light hum if it was, you know, early morning, dead silent. And that's what it was like this morning. There was no wind. It was it was perfect conditions. Uh, you just couldn't hear it. Um but that's cool. I mean, it's not hard to get used to. It's the first time I've done it. I should go back and say that when you install it, um, there's updates. Uh, there's a lot of updates, and you can do those through Wi-Fi. Um, and I did all those. So my whole thing's updated. I went on the water, I calibrated. It's just a matter of pressing some buttons, doing three circles in a row, the same as the Minn Kota with the puck, uh, and then you're ready to rock and roll. Wow. Um, one of the one of the really cool features on this thing that I haven't seen on other modes is reverse, like legit reverse, which was um, I actually used it today. Um, um, so I, I put I put a um, I put a fly in a, over a top of a jetty and, it, and I had to go get it off. So I had to, I go in I go close enough to get it off and then just bang straight into reverse. Normally you got to spin the motor around, which uh, you know lose some time, yeah. but you also make the prop vulnerable to the structure. If you know what I mean? Sure do. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. You got to turn it around. Yeah. If you're trying to avoid a rock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it all, it also came in handy like. Um, like for like an intermittent spot lock, if you know what I mean. So like, um, uh, if you're, you know, you, you, a bit of momentum might take you past the the optimum cast or something like that. You just just touch the re, the reverse, and it'll just it'll just keep you there instead of having to spin the motor around, you know. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you can go from, you don't have to stop and then go to reverse. You can go from like proper forward to reverse, like full noise to, to full reverse. And the motor will slow down and eventually stop by itself and then slow start again and go up. That was the other thing I noticed with the uh, with the programmable um, parts in the in the app. I can program um, up to a certain amount of revs, like how slow the soft start is or how aggressive I want it, and then for a certain rev range, and then from that rev range to full revs, I can program how how quickly that gets up to those revs as well. So uh, I had some concerns with so much power on the front with the way that my mine get mine gets mounted on. Uh, I can't bolt it on. I got to rely on. Uh, I end up using stainless steel batten screws. Um, to you guys who white cold, they're just chunky screws, right? Um, yeah, you <laughs> use them in like roofing applications, and you know, putting. Uh, well, that's what batten are, but um, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, you put them in ceilings and on roofs, you know. So it's um, but yeah, batten screws is is what it, what are used for that. Just just they're pretty meaty screws, eight gauge screws and stuff. Held it's beautiful, but I had concerns so about the acceleration, like every other motor. Although there is an element of soft start on it, it, it basically, you know, goes from like you hit bunny, it's like straight onto bunny and the only sort of forgiveness is while it starts to get traction in the in the water, you know. But this just is like a slow start and warms and warms up to full noise, which is which is great. Um, you've got one of the other things that I, I haven't subscribed to it yet is because the because the uh, GPS or the positioning system it is based on uh, drone technology, you've got this um this this company called pronav and you can you get you get a year subscription with it when you buy the motor which is pretty good but um i can go on to like uh, navionics maps and plot out with my finger and then just and then decide you know how long i want to stay at each point or i could just completely plot a track in the dark or whatever you know like like um pretty confidently I, i'm guessing i haven't used it yet but it's just it's just it's just an app that links up to the to the software that's already in the motor you know what i mean that's pretty technical yeah um so i had a bit of a go around with the the gps in it today through things like Spotlock and and um autopilot uh spot lock is is incredible like they call it though they, they word it as a ropeless anchor that's how i guess how confident they are now i wasn't in super spring tides and there was no wind like i said so i i really didn't give it a red hot go but i've used spot lock many many times for many many years and um uh you know, to, up to the point where I had the latest Minn Kota Bluetooth, you know, the latest, the latest internals in 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 my motor, the last one I had, it's noticeably better. Like noticeably, like a, a I would call it aggressively better. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And and I can um I can also in the app control how aggressive that is. I didn't mean to use aggressive twice, but the the setting actually says aggressive on there. You know, like it's um how aggressive you want the uh the the, the um the spot lock to be and all that means is like if it drifts off it may it if it drifts off 100 mil it's going to put itself back and it's like it's like i said it's drone technology so it's doing the same thing as what you know a drone hovering in the sky does you know what i mean yeah right that's fascinating because yeah. that's yeah. not real accurate well those things hover on the spot you know yeah 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 i got no reason to why to believe it's not accurate that accurate that so today i um i really tested out the um that that 50 amp hour battery and and the wiring, the heat, uh, you know, being a brushless motor, I wanted to see how much heat it generated and stuff like that. And I don't know if I can work it out. I feel like I, if I, I wonder if I could work it out. Um, I wonder if I could work it out. But anyway, well, I'll have a bit of muck around on Google Maps while I'm talking to you. But can I, can you, you can't do distances? 
Sorry? What were you, what were you saying? You're just trying to work out how hot it got. No, uh, I'm, I'm oh. trying to work out, yeah, during what I did, I was part of what, what I wanted to see was um, how hot it got. But, um, but I want to explain what I did to get to that. And I, I'm trying to see, figure out if I can work out a distance um, with this, so I can, so I can show you. But um, I don't know if I, um, I can. Um, uh, let me just see. No, I, look, it's going to take too long. I should have prepared for it. But I would estimate, you know, maybe. Oh, where's the scale? That's one kilometer. I could kind of work this out. I reckon one, two, three, four. I went about six k's on full noise. Like um, it took me, and it, and it took me, which I'll get to the speed in a second. I, I didn't time it, but I'd be guessing it probably took me about twenty minutes, you know, or something like that to do to do maybe maybe less to do about those six k's. Now, if if you were to put any a fifty-five pound, doesn't matter what it is, like a brushless motor on on bunny for that long, um, you know, it it's it's not good for it. You know, there's a good chance you'll cook it, you'll you'll trip it, and um. Uh, and you'll and you'll damage the internals, but the brushless motor is meant to run a lot cooler. The 36 volt battery is also meant to draw less amps and and then run and run cooler as well because there's less resistance in the wiring. Um, you know, I found I found it all to be true just by feeling the wires. I guess you could say um, I couldn't feel the motor because it was in the water. The wires was well, you could tell they were warm, but they weren't hot. That's for sure. Um, so to give you an idea of how how powerful that that motor is. Uh, at that speed, so I'm I'm putting it on on um, this. I've got to update the display to put it in kilometers and miles per hour. So I was using my GPS, like the the Solix, to to look at the um, speed. I was going in knots, and um, I was going five point five point seven knots on a um, on on the electric motor. <laughs> and um, I'm gonna actually I'll I'll convert. Oh, that won't take long. Hang on, knots to mile per hour so everyone's used to mile per hour on their electric motor right so it's um five points 6.55 mile an hour wow. that's um that's banging man and and like it's just the whole front end just just lifts up you know from uh, like the prop you know like it, it's pulling the boat out of the water my i got a little boat to be fair you know it's um it's a 3.9 meter not an aussie whaler it's a boston whaler yeah yeah but, <laughs> so it's light it's a light boat uh, uh but i had to stand at the front to yeah. um to keep the property on the, the other thing that the power of was something i wasn't used to as well like the i had the uh, head unit probably you know 400 mil 500 mil in the water there was enough speed and that to for the for the shaft to cavitate enough air behind it to make the prop cavitate even that deep you know crazy so it was so fast it was um and if you try to adjust it, like uh, at, like at, sp at that speed, at um, you know that um, whatever what it was, say six point seven knots, uh, kilometers, miles per hour, six point five five. Mm -hmm. I wonder what that is in kilometers per hour. That's ten k an hour. Something like that. Right, eh? Yeah. Yep. So, um, well, maybe I could work out how long it took me to do that six k with that. But um, anyway, maybe a little bit over half an hour. Yeah. Maybe it was longer than I thought it was. Anyway, I should have I should have worked out how long it took to get there and the distance, but it's all guesswork there. But one thing's for sure, I could see what the speed was doing. Um, yeah, which was pretty interesting. But the uh, the autopilot's bang on. The vector one I couldn't work out very well. The vector's just like um, Minco's got the same thing. You got their traditional um, 
autopilot that's just a compass based one there's another one that works off i believe the minkota one works off magnetic north or something like that i don't i don't really understand the vector one yet in the in the power pole one but um i found it to be a little bit um hard to use i just went back to the compass um the traditional one straight away you know um which just works off off north like a compass i guess you could say um instead of magnetic north which you know it's a bit it's a bit technical i don't truly understand it but one just performed better than the other for me to be fair it's the first time out in the water i was flustered with the amount of people around and you know i probably could have given it a bit of a go but i also had to be in at nine o'clock so i didn't have a lot of time on the water yeah sure sure so but yeah um all in all um so far after the first one i, I it, it's it's quiet it's faster it's more powerful it's got a better spot lock um the the controls are uh easier definitely easy to use like off the bat you'll get used to any remote for sure not that probably doesn't really matter a lot to many people because you will get used to it but it's a it's a very simplified remote the installation's easy um yeah it's uh yeah it's they're they're a good unit you know that's for sure yeah right no, that's very but, impressive is it, is, is it it's significantly lighter than your Minkota too right no oh well it, it well we're, it's a hundred pound motor technically um yep. uh, compared to a 55 pound it is a little bit heavier um but not much like um, we're talking like three or four kilo but significantly heavy lighter than like um than the traditional 100 pound thrust motor you know yeah right well, that's uh that's that's good i mean it sounds only like plus sides from here yeah. yeah it didn't worry me too much like it's um it doesn't affect the way my boat rides or anything like that i, I was i was mindful of it because i was i was concerned about being a bit a little bit heavier on such a small boat up further but i i gained some weight um to be able to add by putting that 50 amp hour 36 volt battery and that thing's only 12 kilos you sure, know yeah. it's, it's super light so um previous to that I had, I had 105 amp hour 12 volt and i think that was i think that was you know a couple of kilos heavier like 15 or something like that maybe mm -hmm. um yeah still a lot lighter than the agm which i think yeah. is like 25 or 30 or something like that yeah be at least that man yeah yes yeah it's heavy you gotta you gotta pull like a a louis armstrong face to pull it out you know the agms <laughs> <laughs> and that's not getting easier as you get older too you know hell no mate hell no yeah. No. Yeah. In fact, I like to use it as a bit of a workout. Like, put it back, put it, take it out, put it back, take it out. I do about four reps a day of battery installs on, uh, yeah, right and left. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Uh, pretty impressive, man. You'd be, you'd be the proverbial brick shit house before long, man. You know. Well, unfortunately, uh, I've got some um, atrophy. Is that the word? <laughs> um, because of because <laughs> of the lithium battery. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, like it's, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's terrible, mate. These, um, these good times make soft men, you know, and lithium batteries are just making us softer. <laughs> Bring back AGM. Oh, I'm kidding. You know what I love about lithiums too? Like, it's, it's just how quick they are to charge. You know, like it, um, there's no messing around. Like, you know, with the, uh, with the AGMs in the past, they, you know, obviously take, you know, almost overnight, and, um. And his lithiums, boom, just bloody four, three or four hours, and it, you know, from from almost zero straight yep. up, amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, yeah. Um, I actually didn't see what level my battery's up to when I got back. I should have had a look at that. Like, it, like listeners would probably be, need to know that it, 
I've only been back for an hour or something like that when we were recording this. So it's, um, yeah, but I should suss it out. But I'd say that six kilometers on full noise at 100, 100 pound thrust on a, on a 50 amp hour battery probably made a bit of a dent in it, you know? It's, um, uh, like I fished it, I, I, I very barely ran the petrol motor. Um, I was just going everywhere on the electric motor. I just really wanted to see what would it, what it end up like. So I'm yet to see that, but, um, yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes, but yeah. It's not it's not not normal to run that far on full noise, and it's not even a comfortable full, like speed. Like it's just it's too fast. Like you can't turn. It, it there was a couple of times I nearly fell out of the boat. You know, like this, it, and it turns when a bow mount turns at that speed. Like the whole boat just jolts one side or the other. You know, crazy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a beast. It really is. It's a uh, yeah yeah. It's the sort of it's. I was thinking today, like I probably should start wearing a PDF. You know, when I'm fishing by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could wear that or maybe you know a uh an excel file maybe a word document you know but anyway. did i say pdf pfd yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's gold <laughs> okay maybe i could just get a t-shirt that says adobe and cover it all cover all of them you know? <laughs> my sorry what microsoft office and then yeah cover all yeah yeah you're so corporate so good gold gold good pickup vaults instead of going you mean pfd you took the opportunity just to really twist it right you were Wonder. so confident in it i was like do i i, I swear he said pdf and you know I, anyway uh, yeah I, I just this mate, is what friendship looks like to me it's um it's uh <laughs> it's not a safe place <laughs> you gotta be sharp um yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, the other thing I didn't do with that motor, one more feature before I go, is I didn't, the, the one remote, if you already got a power pole on the back, whichever one it is, the one remote drives the, um, well, the two remotes, but the remote drives the, the, the motor and the, um, and the power pole. Sorry? Run that by me again. So the remote, the remote, the one remote, um, yep of which there's two that comes with the electric motor oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that but that one remote um drives both the electric motor and the power pole anchor as well oh that's great because i mean you know typically you want that that power pole you know you could want it instantly you know like if you were for whatever reason you're stalking a flat boom you know so it saves you jumping around looking for the for you know either the button or uh, like you know how some people have those you know floor buttons or um or the, you know, if you wanted to deploy the anchor, then boom, there you go. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to when that when you get the anchors, they come with their own remote, like around a lanyard, but also like a yeah. um, a dash mounted switch. Um, that I haven't installed that. I just used to use the remote, so the remote's a lot more convenient for me, for sure. Yeah, no, that is good. That's a good. Um, it's a good feature. Integrate as much as possible into one. The only, the only. Well, I did have a bit of negative feedback in regards to the vector, but that could be me. Um, but the only other negative feedback I've got in regards to that motor is the lanyard. Like, um, like I like the ones that just attach with a carabiner to your to your belt loop with like you know like a hundred mil or for you ten centimeters of um, of strap. You know, because um, I like to hook it on my belt and then put it in my pocket. Because when you're casting, like and you're, you're twisting your torso to watch your back cast or whatever, like that lanyard just fucking can fly around and. Um, and if fly line comes up off the ground for whatever reason, it sometimes gets caught. It's just a pain in the ass. I don't, I don't like it. I wouldn't like to have it for if I had had one shot that could had to count. You know what I mean? Yep. 
Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, um, I'm sure I could find something to, to 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 go back to the old way I set it up. But yeah, yeah, we'll work it out, mate. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, you're saying earlier, mate, that you um, had been been working on your boat, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just tidying up the um, few few little things that you know. My boat's definitely a work in progress. You know, when you, when you buy um, when you buy grandma and you give her fake boobs and there's all little bits and pieces that need to be to be tidied up along the way and refined. Um, you know, so you can put your best foot forward. But yeah. Mm. Mm. So would you add a new um, a rumpus room and another bathroom over the weekend? Yeah. There's a lot of room under the back deck, yeah. I, I reckon, I confidently say, like, kids could sleep in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't have put that, you know, maybe we should start your kids, you mean, right? Well, yeah. Public, it's, I mean, it's a public podcast. We don't want to be looking like you, you, you stash kids in your boat, around like that, right? Oh, look, if I ever wanted to earn a bit extra cash, yeah, I could maybe, I don't know. Traffic? Smuggle humans, yeah. I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah. a judge people. It's not funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just entertainment folks relax yeah, yeah. just stuff people say yeah <laughs> yeah so all right so that's um that's that's pretty good you got some uh got some work done right yep yeah man yep yeah oh, well, cool man i've yep. been um i've been tinkering around the old whip as well um yeah. i'll um i've got a bit of a tip for uh oh I'll, i i um i i just recently took all the rolls off my, off my boat so i the rollers were ruining the keel on my glass boat you know they just kept wearing it down even though i had the soft you know those um yellow see-through clear soft rollers you know like um yeah. Yeah. It was still it was still doing damage so uh -huh. i um i decided to put a keel guard on it which i haven't done yet but before i did that i had to uh, rebunk the trailer um and i need to give a shout out to adrian grant who was who was nice enough i know this is the podcast he was nice enough to make me some brackets um some stano brackets for the um for the trailer shout out and, to, and say thank you for that that's awesome they worked really well so i got i got bunked the trailer now i don't have the keel on the on there so i decided to repair the keel before um putting the keel guard on although the keel guard will cover up a lot of the stuff i thought i'd repair it all the way back down to the transom which you know has got to lesser the greater and lesser degrees of damage through it um so it involved getting on my back under the trailer and uh and on the garage floor and um working with this thing six inches from my face which was not fun to sand <laughs> at all uh fiberglass isn't doesn't taste as good as it looks you know that's for sure <laughs> i think that's fair enough to say probably tastes worse than it smells even i think is uh, another way to put it Did you um, oh no there's ways to get, no I, I i learned when i i was lucky enough to to learn what i know about fiberglass uh, from Tony LaMaggiore, the dude who, who who built the molds for the original Gale Force boats and stuff, but um, so he's still a friend of mine, and um, he he helped me build that boat uh, or renovate that boat, I should say. Um, and with that came some tradey tricks, I suppose, for a shipwright. And one of the things was instead of I used to wear like the hazmat suit, right? So a disposable thin, you know, suit, you know, like a full length suit to not get itchy, because you know. But it was in summer when we we're doing the boat. The trick was to rub talc. This is a good trick for people. Talcum powder. Just put talcum powder over your arms or anywhere that might get exposed to the um, fiberglass sanding. So much more comfortable to work. You look like you're um, you look like you're a ghost, but you don't get itchy. You already do, man. You're white, you know. But yeah, it's, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'm going to steer clear from that comment, Volts. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Um, but yeah, but the, you, <laughs> you look you look like a, a powdered confectionery. Let me put it that way. Then how's that? You know? Then a deceased <laughs> member of the public. You, you uh, look like that's... the pink side of a vanilla ice or something. You know, like a what? <laughs> Don't worry. The what side of vanilla ice? The pink side. You know, it's like white and pink. God, I, I realize you're on the spot, mate, and like you know, and, and I, I can see where you're going. It was, it was all right, mate. It was no PDF, but it was good. Yeah, sure, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah so I, um, I, I fucked up that keel twice. So I, I, I wet it out with uh, with vinyl ester. I made a vinyl ester bog, and I bogged that up. And and the last today's nice. Yesterday was nice, but the two days prior. We had tops of 21 degrees and overnight temperatures of 12. And I I put the bog on um, in the afternoon and it didn't kick till the next day and I was pretty stressed and I had to hit it with a heat gun. So I got away with that. Mind you, my resin was old as well. It's about a year old, um, probably a little bit longer. But it was probably enough. Like I tested it, kicked, and it was, uh, it was sweet. But then I didn't test the flow coat when I put it on and um, I put it on and it didn't kick at all. I had to go get under that boat and 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 take it off the whole keel, which yeah. wasn't fun. Scraping a lot of acetone. Acetone doesn't taste nice either, you know. Yeah. Just putting that out there. Um, and then uh, so I did it again, um, and I thought it up up the red up the catalyst a bit because it's a bit colder. And sure as fuck, didn't kick again. I'm like you got to be kidding me. There's one thing worse about getting under your boat and scraping it off is doing it again. Ugh. It's tough. Um, so, so the tr- the reason I'm talking about this on the show is to save someone else from doing this hardship. If if you're in a position to, you know, repair your hull, glass glasses, it should be pretty easy. It's it's it normally is. It's pretty straightforward, you know. But this is this was a brain fart, and I'll tell you why. Is because hey, yeah. Sorry, mate. This is, you know how we spoke before, and there was someone popping over. Oh yeah, sex tiles rocked up, mate. Yeah, you go grab that. I'll um. I'll, I'll, <laughs> Nah, nah, it's the lawn guy. Um, oh, the, yeah, the the lawn guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The grass cutter, right? <laughs> no, this this gentleman is uh, he's uh, he's going to aerate our lawn for us. So I'll be I'll be back in two minutes, right? You, you, All right. Well, I might just finish this while we're on a roll because it won't feel as good when you come back. You go, mate, and I'll explain to the listeners. And while I got you, listener, um, we'll have a bit of a break when I finish doing this. But um, right. I measured I measured the MEKP by weight instead of volume try not to do that folks it doesn't work out the same obviously they don't weigh the same and it doesn't work so two percent by weight i've got jeweler scales the same stuff i use for tungsten and tungsten putty for crab flies or measuring out dye for the bucktail and feathers and stuff very accurate scales um but to work it out you know two and a half percent two percent it wasn't um it wasn't working so to do it by by volume worked out much better all right, so we're going to have a little bit of a break and wait for Volsi to reach, receive his um, sex toys and sex dolls and whatever paraphernalia that Guido gets, and then we'll be back in a moment. We're back again, folks. Uh, Volsi has his hardcore man out there doing the trick and with his discreet packages. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, mate. I just went through just went through the uh, resin thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, right. What did I miss? Last thing I heard was you going on about MEKP. Is that right? Yeah, MEKP is just a catalyst. It's just like what they call a hardener. And it's um, you use that yeah. for polyester, vinyl ester, uh, resin. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and so, yeah, that's what I did. So I, I, essentially all I did was I measured it by the percentages by weight instead of volume, and I fucked it up. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. You wouldn't, uh, there's nothing that tells you, like you, you buy the resin in weight, like a, a like a 500 gram container for like a patch amount, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so you got you to measure it out and uh, and then measure out um, the, you know, the uh, you can't, I'm am very accurate with it. You got I like I don't like to guess it by eye. There's been plenty of times I put too much hardener in. If you put if you exceed something like if you put five percent in, or if you exceed five percent, you'll definitely melt a hole in the plastic container you're mixing in for sure. It gets so fucking hot and it cracks yeah. and shit like that. It's no good. Ruins its integrity. The integrity you just don't get the same strength or finish. Right? Yeah, the strength and the finish is compromised. It uh, looks yeah. like um just micro cracks all over it when it gets that much heat. You know. Yeah. Right. There. Yeah, sometimes you got to do it if it's at night or it's you know, yeah, it's just yeah, you just you're in a hurry, you know. Yeah, just, yeah, right. yeah. The slower you can do it, the better it is. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, yeah. And what is there a maximum depth you can go to if heat dissipation is an issue? Or? Uh, well, the thicker it is, the probably the least amount of red, the catalyst you'd want in it because because it's exothermic. Like the um the heat that it generates is what will set it off. Um. Well, can't, is part of what it's probably is it sorry is a byproduct of what of the reaction that's happening I should say, but when you've got that mass there, like the heat is is, is amplified, you know. So you, you probably you should be doing in thin layers rather than one thick go. I I'd be if you're doing repairs on your boat. This is this is this is a little bit nuancy because if you're doing it with bog wool, then you can you can you know bulk it up a bit. Um, I don't know the science behind why you can. But um, it does get hot, but it's bog, you know. It's not it's not structural. You're just packing something out, like fairing compound and stuff like that. You can make it hotter. Um, um, but if you're gonna be if you're gonna if you're gonna be putting finishing layers on of just say polyester resin or vinyl ester resin, you shouldn't go any thicker than you know a couple of mil at best, you know. Really. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Much thicker than that. Like you just see it when you um you got a little bit left over in like an ice cream container or something like that. The thick bit in the corner. Just generates a weight, a lot of heat. Usually cracks off, doesn't even stick to the container. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not ideal. You don't want that in a boat, mate. Nah, nah. Not definitely. No, absolutely, absolutely, do not, mate. So where's uh, where's old mate starting, mate? The hardcore man is he like starting in the in the in the in one of the spare rooms or um, you got nah. it inside the house? We don't have any lawn inside the house, mate. It's just out in the, in the front lawn, mate. Just getting it, um, oh, just getting it aerated. Getting he's he's putting the uh, the hardcore into the into the uh, the cooch and the buffalo. Yeah, make hardcore and making it softcore. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice. You um, you, you really take your lawn seriously, right? Sure, look after it. Yeah, a bit. It sounds like you might be being modest. Let me let me ask you a series of questions. Do you um do you have lines like you know like the diagonal lines in your lawn? Nah, not diagonal. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Do you have weeds in your lawn? No, I'll try to get rid of them. Do yeah. you do you st- find yourself standing outside first thing in the morning, 
uh, with slippers and a, and a dressing gown on, hands on hips, just staring at the lawn until you realise you've been there for longer than you thought you would be? Uh, not unless I'm trying to avoid someone inside. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. might be normal. Yeah. It's, yeah. Hard to, it's hard to tell, man. Yeah. Yeah, mate. So it's weird that you would have a hobby like that and be a fly fisherman. Maybe you should start fly tying more. <laughs> um, look, I, uh, um, you know, I like having friends, for one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I still don't know how to use the block button. So, yeah, okay. So you got a certain degree of mental stability then, right? <laughs> Having said that, it's all a joke, fly ties. I know some... Ah, it's just all jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a bit of fun. The, yeah. the funny thing is that the fly ties listening wouldn't even got to the point where you said block. Fly tie, another fly tie. They would have entered, they would have stopped the, the show and never listened again. <laughs> Bossy's flying flies, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive, folks. What a time to be alive. Yeah, I was worried that if I didn't go fishing today, that I hadn't been fishing enough to be... Uh, I still haven't been fishing. I didn't catch anything. I might be turning into a fly tire. <laughs> yes, I feel like this could uh, offend some people. So let's let's move on from the uh, the fly tying. Um, but big news for fly tires in, in good news is there's uh, this brand new hook out, dude. <laughs> yes, there is. I thought we were worried about not offending people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, you're right. The uh, it's um, there's a new hook out. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Tell us about it. Is it a Rex? It it is. It, it is an A Rex, as as you know. Uh, okay. And what's the what is the product code, mate? Uh, it's an SA. Well, there's two SA two five eight and an SA and a PR three five eight. Okay, is that the complete code? No. <laughs> What would the complete code be? <laughs> um, those numbers with, with CA Ben back up the back of oh, it as well. Back. All right. That sounds cool, man. Yeah, right. Hey, um, do you have the packet handy? No. No, you don't. All right. Uh, just say oh, I had a packet handy. Did you want me to read what was on them? <laughs> do you have a packet handy, do you? I might. All yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I believe some congratulations are in order, dude. Yeah, people have been saying that. It doesn't feel like a congratulatory moment to me. I, although I pre- thank you, I appreciate the um, the kind words. It's um, um, it's just been so long in the making that uh, um, and it seemed like a necessary tool that we needed to have. You know, so I don't look at it. I, I can only assume that people are congratulating because they think I look at it like an accolade, I, and I don't. Uh, I was actually surprised to see them write my name on the packet, you know. Um, so well, I'm just yeah. going to jump in here. There'll be people saying, what the fuck are they talking about? So for for those who don't know what we're talking about, um, A-Rex have produced a range of um, books, um, I'll just read the description. It's a heavy wire bendback style hook developed in collaboration with Chris Adams in Australia. Um, they're a bendback hook design. They're a micro barb. They're an A-steel finish. And what is their uh, 2, 4, 6, 8, and 10 Is that right? Uh, t- what 2, 4, 6, 8, and 10 Yeah, like 2, 2 0, 4 0, 6 0. Uh, No, well, in the saltwater build... Um... They, they ended up being 6040 and 20. Um, 
there was yeah. talk of more, but uh, look, uh, look, I was pretty, pretty fussy in regards to the design. You know what I mean? So part of that meant dropping sizes, and I, I didn't want to go any smaller because I feel like we are governed by bucktail, you know, and uh, and the length of bucktail needed to make a suitable bendback fly. You know, I think um, synthetics on my bendbacks don't really have a place uh, for a couple of reasons. But um, in that circumstance, uh, yeah, that's what made those sizes there. The, the freshwater ones, uh, you know, like um, definitely had a role in that as far as just defining the shape for it. But, um, you know, I don't know that... that I, I don't know. I think you you know like to put in putting calf tail and stuff like that on it. You could you could push some smaller stuff, and there are some small bucktail you could use for it and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't necessarily have to be bucktail, but I just think think synthetics. Um, one, you're losing the buoyancy. B, two, they 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 can tend to mat can tend to mat a mat over a hook point and make a make a weed guard or a fish guard essentially. And um, anyway, I'm getting I'm getting down technical aspect. Anyway, I spent spent a lot of Spent a lot of time on the design for it, for sure, and um, I'm very, very happy with how it came out. Um, changed a lot of things from from the popular bending of a PR320. That's what it's based off. Yep. So yep. there's a lot of times people would buy a packet of PR320s off me and get me to bend every hook in the pack for them, you know? Um, most of the PR320s I was selling through the shop were for bendbacks. Uh, obviously, the bendback pattern is, is not mine. Um, it's... Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's an old pattern. I, to the best of my knowledge, uh, Chico Fernandez was the one who who introduced them uh, to saltwater, but it gained popularity as a as a, a largemouth bass fly, and then and then back to salt. I believe as a real rudimentary sort of uh, idea of its popularity. Uh, you know, there's been patterns that are adapted to bendbacks like like Lefty's Deceiver, which you know what 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 Harrow does with uh, you know his, his Barra bendback. Um, you know, Bob. I think Bob Pops had a muck around with his jiggy fly, uh, things like that as well. Flip pallets, Prince of Tides. Um, we've talked about it on the show before. My introduction to it was a, was actually a bonefish fly, which was the Chico Fernandez fly. You know, for, for bonefish on tiny little hooks, which was for Christmas Island with no eyes on it and like that for really really skinny water. Um, but uh, yeah, the, um, the the most popular fly I guess you see these days is. Uh, you know what, mate? I've, I've only just come around to this name because, as you know, I didn't call it this name, but the Angry Adams, you know. But um, it's <laughs> I only, I only, I've only come around it because I believe I've just a mate of mine explained it to me that you probably should lean into it because it's important to know where flies come from, you know. And it's um, uh, names of flies are are important for to people to understand that history. For and he leaned on something that I explained on the show earlier that understanding what's been done in the past and what work's already been done not so much so you don't copy but but also so you know the principles of uh, to build on like you know, because flies get built on all the time you know they um we yeah. discussed that previously and uh, you know I, I agree with um with well, obviously we spoke about it you know I, I think it's important to to know that history gives for so many reasons you pointed out um, and I think the angry Adam sounds better than the kindly Chris you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know i tell you what if i fish that fly around school holidays you probably would see the angry atoms a lot more for sure 
<laughs> but yeah, that's uh. So look, it, it, we're, we're, there was always concerns like um, you know, of, of people saying things like with the angry Adams. Like yeah, I, I've had people come back and go, oh, I drop fish on them, or I, I get hits and I don't hook up. Ninety nine percent of the time, that people have used a hook that they like, like an SL twelve S, and bent it up, and and you know, to me, those results aren't a surprise at all. You know that that PR three twenty or the shape of that hook to have the point facing parallel to the tieable shank was such an important part for that fly to not only swim, be weedless, but to have positive hook sets. You know, like uh, you could pull it straight and the hook points pulled in straight. You know, like it's um it was it was so important. Um, so with the new model, I upped the gauge. Obviously, I I meticulously measured the the tieable shank. I even measured the radius of the bend around where it bent onto the, you know, where the shank bent essentially. Like I didn't want a sharp radius. I wanted a radius that you could tie around the back of so you could um, lower some of the body material to give it a bit more profile, if you know what I mean. Yep. You, you with me? Um, there's that aspect of it. Uh, I, I don't know, did I just mention I increased the gape? I, I increased the gape by another by another um, three mil compared to the PR320. So. The, the distance between the two parallel lines of where the hook point was facing and the tieable shank is now bigger. Not that it was ever a problem, but I just thought while the opportunity was there, um, but it posed another problem. And that is that I'm, look, the, the amount of times I've seen people fish next to me where they've where they're fished a bend back, uh, and I've done it as well, where it sinks belly first. And, and like it just fish don't eat it like they just they hit it they miss it you know they they just they don't like it you know like it's a you need that big heavy head which is what you see on the angry atoms and it's popularized this day a lot of all the commercial ties tied with the big resin head on it and the reason is is because you're normally fishing big leaders that create a lot of drag in the water so it takes a lot of weight to um to 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 push the leader down um as well as the hook eye first so it creates almost like a v where the, where the fly is tied to the leader, if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That That's also complemented by the buoyancy of bucktail, which is another reason why I don't like synthetics on, on bendbacks, you know? Um, but uh, but to compensate that bigger gape so it didn't sink belly first, um, I, I, I part of the design was an oversized hook eye, which is great for the heavier leaders, for things like barra for 60-pound and 80-pound leaders or even 100, depends on how much of a hellman you are. Um, but it's... Um, it created more weight at the front there. So it was, there was more material in the hook eye to, to create that bigger diameter, which was the weight was the big concern there. You know, obviously as a byproduct, we got, we can fit bigger leaders in there, but you yep. could fit 60 pound in the PR320 as well, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, so there was a lot of thought that went into it, that's for sure. And the same design, except for the size of the hook eye, carries through to the freshwater ones. They're so much lighter. Like, uh, you know, it's not it's not the same concern. Like that 6.0 is a pretty, meaty hook like the if you're familiar with the rest of the arx range the sa270 50 that's the same gauge and the 60 of the of the bend back you know i didn't i didn't up it to the 60 sa270 i think that's probably a bit big and again uh, you know it's the action that i've got in mind uh for that fly because sincerely you're never i mean for over a flyer where you where you won't break 20 pound when as long as you've got any rod rod in the equation you're never going to straighten that hook Never, ever, ever going to straighten that hook. But it yeah. still needed to be fine enough to be able to set it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah. 
I think we've spoken about this before, you know, in a lot of situations, you know, you're after a, well, it's probably better to have that that finer gauge go a long way in and the thick gauge just get the tip in, you know. And, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. It's, a, it's a, look, it's a probably about as big of a gauge as, as I'd feel comfortable with, personally. Um, you know, I think, um, I think it, I, yeah, look, I, I, I have had PR320s open up a little bit, but to be fair, I can't be certain whether that was resting on something hard inside their mouth, you know? So in an attempt to sort of just mitigate any of that possibility ever again, you mm. know, and, and at the opportunity of that design stage, look, why not? You know, just sort of took took the opportunity to go a little bit bigger. Um, I swam all three sizes this morning, which is part of the other reason I wanted to get out, just to make sure that, that so I tied, I tied flies up without weight. I normally put tungsten putty in between the eyes um, to give it that, to us to assure that head down action you know um, yeah. and i didn't do it with this one these ones today and i fished the 2.0 on a 40 pound leader the 4.0 on a 40 pound leader and i fished the uh, 6.0 on a 60 pound leader and and all three of them even without the tungsten weight they were pretty light like they were they were borderline swimming level but they weren't sinking belly first which was huge win for me you know like uh, having not fished them at, at, during the design stage you know yeah yeah, yeah, so it was all based on theory and just what I know, and um, you know, yeah, just from just from fishing those angry atoms for so fucking long, really. At the end of the day, yeah, sure. And can I ask, like, how much, how many prototypes and backwards and forwards go into this? I know, I know the timeline was quite, you know, took took a long time. Is it? Well, yeah, it's a good question. The re the thing took a long time because I stalled the production by nearly a year because I I kept getting the drawings come back from. Um, you know the technical drawings, like the shop drawings that they would use to create this, the I guess CNC machines. I suppose, like you know, they're not carving anything out, but they're mm. they'd be they'd be bending them based on a like um like a like a vector format. I'd imagine, you know, a series of binaries binary equations. But um, that's beside the point. But um, yeah, like they come back and I'd like you know the tieable area. I'd, I'd measure like I'd have all these dimensions that that were there and. I went over and with like my own my own hooks here with like you know verniers and and um just made sure it was exactly how he wanted it and then it came to fruition and it might have been there was one stage not might have been there, there was one stage where it was exactly like you see now but it had the smaller gape and i'm like oh, we're still at a stage where it's not out yet and once it once the once the cat's out of the bag there's no putting it back in you know so um mm. i mean that's not technically true but i wouldn't want to have to say to arex you know hey it's really close, but can we tweak something? While well, they had all these hooks out there in the marketplace that weren't, you know, suitable. So at that stage, you know, I went back and said, "Hey, can we can we do this? Can we do that?" And I did that probably about three times. I did get part of the delay as well, because this all came. This all started about three years ago. Was I got bumped by Bob Gob Clouser as well, which is probably not a bad thing to get bumped by, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, pretty rare anyway mate to be you know even in the same process as that it's amazing look it's it's um I, it's weird it's it's weird because it's it's me to point this out but it wouldn't matter if it was you or or any any other australian australian full stop you know like it's it's really cool that we've got we've got a um in, in fly fishing in australia being such a small niche uh, industry that we've got an international hook company that's a, that's a juggernaut that does nothing but specialize in fly fishing. They don't do any hooks for any conventional or anything like that at all. They're, to my knowledge, the only company that produces saltwater hooks that only do fly fishing. 
Um, yeah. And we've got a uh, we've got an, a, um, a signature hook from an Australian tire. I don't think there's many signature hooks in in hooks around the whole fucking world, and in saltwater even less, you know. So it's um it's a yeah. great achievement for Australia, you know. I, I that's what I really believe, you know. Well, it is, and you're right. But I think I think you're probably underselling yourself there, mate. It's really amazing. Um, and you know I uh, I'm really happy for you. I'm proud for you. Um, it's it's pretty cool. And I know how much work you put into this. Uh, you you've made this your full time career. So. Yeah, I guess there's a crystallisation of, of a lot of hard work over a period of time, mate. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I, got... really, I love taking the piss out of you, but <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, that's pretty cool, dude. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's it, I've got mixed feelings about it, to be honest with you. I, I am proud of it. I'm normally pretty restless with designs and things like that. I don't really like to sort of rest on something and go, that'll do, pig, that'll do. But uh, I feel pretty confident with this one, but it doesn't feel like a congratulatory moment you know I, I i feel that goes to the australian uh, fly fishermen you know congratulations to all of us you know really in the day we've been we've been looked at and we've been taken seriously you know amongst all the division in this fucking industry and shit like that we're still being taken seriously you know and it's um and it's it's look it's i hope that's a sign of things to come because fuck man i've said so many times in the show like i believe so much in australian fly ties and 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 the innovations that australians bring to fly fishing uh not to take anything away from the influences that, that 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 show us this stuff in the first place but you know i think that i think we get overlooked quite a bit you know i really do and, it's, think, uh, and it's cool to see rx you know pay attention you know and then okay. do something for it. yeah yeah i think i think that's a, a tip of the hat to you know first of all like you know fishing is fishing no matter where you are so um you know and and you know, the principles of fly design are the same wherever you are. We have, we have a unique species and, you know, we've evolved in, in different ways to the mainstream in how to how we chase them too, um, mm. you know, techniques and, you know, for whatever reason, we've, we've, we've just built different, doing things different. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's – and we're a small market. That's the biggest thing. You know, the commercial realities of, of dealing with a small market mean that, um, you know, things, things have to be suitable for a global one. So, well, yeah. you're absolutely correct, and and it'd be a miss of me to not. I mean, I've, I've I think I've illustrated enough how much Arex were also involved in this by showing me the designs and and like showing me what's possible and what what we got to work with and 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 we're very receptive to this. But aside from the interactions between me and Arex, you know, there was also other people involved, like a guy named Steve Silvero, um, Bob Clowes was involved, Bob Popvix was involved. You know, they all had a look at it to have a final say and and. You know, thankfully enough, one of one of the dudes had a bit of, a bit of uh, a bit of input, but there was a bit of discussion where you know, like um, you know, having a knowledge of the of the U.S. species like snook and 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 striper that have both got you know popularized bendback flies in there to explain my principles there and, and to have them agree to it, um, and then to and then to sign off on 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 their input to it. So essentially, like you imagine. You know, you might have people who design a house, you know, like and um, and they go through and they and there's two people they work together. It's they they present something to people in the industry to go, what do you think of this spec house I'm thinking of building, you know? And then um and then and then to have all those all those industry experts turn around and go, well, yeah, okay, well, what about this, this, and this? And having the opportunity to explain it to people like that it was it was pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that you know, for for one, being being mentioned, you know, in the same in the same breath as a lot of those guys is is fantastic and you know the whole process 
including the um, the crystallization, like I said, and the final product. Um, you know, I've seen the hooks; they look good. It's and bend back is a is a uni- universal thing, but to to get it to that level, I mean, there's a reason your name's on it, dude, and well done. You know. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. No, it's 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 cool. Um, well done to all of us, really. Yeah. So I know I know I've said that before, but yeah, it's uh, it seems to me it just seems like a more I know it's yeah it sounds like a weird thing to say but in all sincerity man I'm just I'm just stoked for Australians to get fucking paid attention to you know it'll be interesting to see where you know uh, you know where the evolution goes from here yeah what else else is in the in the pipeline there are some um, some more signature hooks I I believe we can't talk about on the show (laughs) Mo Mo Marix probably wouldn't give a shit but I just haven't asked him so I don't want to talk about it but uh Mm. But I can say that there are some more um, signature hooks coming out from um, some pretty big name dudes, you know. And um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, I guess in that and that's in that sense, it is pretty cool to sort of see this one where it is at the moment. That's for sure. Yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, man. Um, yeah, uh, we've probably got you know we've probably got about another half an hour to go like really for a normal show. I mean, we could wrap it up or we could talk about your. Um, your uh, your new business my new business <laughs> yeah as, as a casting instructor uh, yeah so <laughs> this is this is a joke obviously um people I've, i'm not hanging out the shingle yet no um so long story um my youngest is was in a soccer team um this this last season and got to know the other parents on the sideline and one of the guys got Turns out, you know, where's a where's a fishing cap to training one night? So, do you fish, bloke? He goes, yeah. You fish? I said, yeah. We got talking, and um, anyway, it transpired that because you know one of my um, one of my bucket list things is to try the art of fly fishing. And I'm like, oh god, you know. Oh, you're already buying the eight ball if you call it that, dude. Sorry, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah the one. The, yeah, the, so, yeah. Want to chuck the uh, fluff around? Yeah, but he's a really nice guy, and um, I said, listen, mate. Um, I'll uh, I'll bring bring some gear along one, at you know at the end of the end of year and we can have um we can have a ping, anyway and um so the, yeah the, the end of the end of year, the end of season um uh thing came along and he uh, he, he reminded me of it I said oh yeah I'll, so I brought I had a, a slowish seven weight um, with a heavy line there um and then it hit me I think I'd forgotten. You know exactly what I did when I first started. I'm not a not a natural teacher, and I'm not a, a great or patient um, uh, instructor. But you know, I just got thinking. You know, what is the best way, the best analogies to use, the best way to people literally to have, you know, their first slings? Because there'd be a lot of people there who, um, you know, it would it wouldn't be natural for them to have their very first cast with with an actual um, should we say an instructor when I say a qualified instructor or, or, or someone who has, is an experienced instructor, whether they, you know, they have a, you know, a professional qualification or, or, or what. Yep. Um, so, you know, generally people's first, first waves of the wand, <laughs> for a better <laughs> word, are people who, um, who are, um, you know, they're probably there with their mate or someone like me or, you know, their dad, their uncle, whatever. Yep, and you know we need to be able to, you know, if we're serious about getting people connected, it's probably a conversation we need to be having. 
and thinking about, you know, where, what's the best way to get people, you know, having their first cast. It's a good point, man. Um, I didn't know you were going to go this way. But it brings up a pretty interesting discussion, I suppose. Now, uh, I mean, I guess I'm in a little bit of a position here, but I, I, like I, I would say that I would, I'm interested, I'm, I'm excited about this conversation. Um, I'm, um, you know, I make, I make a bit, I make my part, like a, a pretty decent part of my income from casting tuition. Um, you know, I, I do, I do lessons at least once a week, sometimes multiple times a week, but uh, I'm a certified casting instructor with a triple F, been so since the, since 2007. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not, I'm not a member of the, of the triple F, but I'm also not a member of my high school and I've still got a high school certificate too. So, um, um, reading it out what you will as far as qualifications go, but, uh, um, I, I'm not a member of that club, but I would, I would say that there's not like, you know, if you were to speak to, um, to the, to any of those club members for the triple F, they'd probably want you to have a lesson. I think this discussion is probably more fruitful for getting people into the sport and more inclusive, I should say, I, I mean to say, um, um, than exclusive by trying to, you know, derive an income from professionals, you know? Um, and I say that from someone who does drive an income from it. They're good questions, Volts, and I guess there um, there are things that we can definitely discuss in regards to this, for sure. Yeah, well, you know, on, on one hand, like, if, if you were thinking about having a dabble and someone said, mate, I'm not going to help you go to a go an instructor, and they're like, you know, well, how much is that going to cost? You know, like, most people, are just, just to try it, they're not going to pay it. Oh, look... If, there, there are there are pluses and minuses, you know for sure. Now, if if casting was as easy to get good at by mates and YouTube, I wouldn't have a business, you know. But I, you don't need to come and see me um, or someone with my quali- same qualifications to to learn to learn the sport. You know, it it'll 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 fast track it, but it does. It's not necessary to get you started. It reminds me of when we had Jimmy Jimmy. Um, Jimmy Kay's on the show, and we're talking about brim and getting into brim, being such a bread and butter species. Uh, and we're talking the ideal rod weights, and you know you would use a ideally a, a four, five, or a six. But if you had a ten weight, don't let it stop you from fishing. If you've just got if you've got a mate like Volts who's who's um who's um backyard qualified, <laughs> um, tri- <laughs> triple M, um, triple M. he's <laughs> he's, uh, he's usually got the radio playing while he's doing his lessons, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, don't let it stop you from from giving it a crack. You know, um, I've no doubt. My, my man, you and I have had plenty of discussions, and I'm sure there's plenty of other people around there who understand the basic principles of how why they're casting well. You know, like you cast well, and I bet you know how you're doing it, so you can repeat it instead of instead of going, I have no idea how I'm fucking doing it. But um, but the difference between uh, professional casting instruction and and highlighting the principles is. Mm. Yeah, you know, drills and and um and and an eye for recognizing faults and and countering those faults in the correct um way to improve. It's better if you already know how to cast, in my opinion. I've got plenty of people come to me who have never cast before, and I've got them double hauling within two hours and and shooting line, you know, fishing at sixty feet, you know. But um, um, but like, there's not but. You know what I mean? Like, um, if if you were going to teach someone and, and do the same thing with them and get them going on the water, it's not it's not going to be hard. It's just a matter of like, um, you know, uh, the the connection you've got with that particular person at that time. And if you've got a mate who's doing it, or you've got a, a got a friendship, you're doing it. It's general generally you're going to probably achieve the same thing. You know, I reckon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah well, 
well, with that in mind, then, like, what what are some are you, are you comfortable sharing some strategies for first time coaches for me, like myself or someone who's just dabbling or thinking about well, having, having a crack? It's it's the basics, right? And yeah. um and the, and the basics include stance, uh, grip, um, and and uh, there's well, I could rattle through a few more. I will uh, stance, grip, um, eliminating slack line. Understanding yep. a casting arc and and relationship to a straight line path. Now everything could base off those. What I just said there, right? And if uh, and if and if you are teaching someone and you wanted and you wanted to teach them well, as opposed to sort of going here, just do this. You know, these are the things you you, you probably should explain. And um, yeah, Mel Krieger's got a great quote as far as tuition is concerned, and he and he says he says something along the lines of. Um, uh, fault diagnosis is is made by looking at what the fly line ends up like, working backwards from that to the rod to the person, and correcting the person that corrects the rod, which then corrects the line. If you know what I mean, right? Yep. So you know if you're throwing things like tailing loops or or not eliminating slack 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 line, it's not the fly line's fault. It's not the rod's fault. It's the person who's holding the rod, doing it. And to correct that, corrects the rod, corrects the line. See what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the way casting tuition works essentially. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Now, there's. Uh, I mean, you could do that in groups. It's uh, it's 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 hard to do in groups because not everyone's. Like I get people that come past and and, mate, I don't think this year I've had someone with the same, casting faults. You know, they're all different. They're all got different requirements. First thing I ask students is, what do you what do you want to what do you want to achieve? You know, it could be I want to get distance, I want to cast the wind, I want to cast bigger flies, I want to be able to back cast, I want to be able to, you know, cast left-handed and right-handed, you know, get get all of it, you know. But um, And they all require different shit, but if you're starting something off from scratch, you've got to remember those basics, like like I pointed out earlier. Is yeah. that what you did? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, there's a – and the other thing is you, you're bounded by your ability to explain things, but you're also bounded – more by the ability of someone to to take it in and to comprehend it which is three separate issues you know uh, absolutely uh, yeah so you know in my case we were at a barbecue and you know probably had about half an hour in between you know dodging kids and and you know just people walking through the back cast oh look at those people are casting oh, i'm just gonna walk where that line just whipped through <laughs> um yeah and um yeah it, it's it's one of those things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you, you look at the ground and go, well, where do I start with this? Um, and I, I certainly like the rabbit in the headlights there for a bit in that, you know, it's been a while. Um, intuitively, you know, I know what I'm doing, but, you know, putting it into the language of this other other guy, and you know, in a, in a way that we could all connect and understand, it certainly reinforced to me that, you know, the value at some point undertaking a, you know, a, a sort of formalised training or, or, you know, at least having, you know, an exposure to it other than just standing out. Yeah, you just do like this. And he goes, oh, that's magic. Go, no, it's not magic, it's physics, you know. And Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's, you know, like, I, I see where you're getting, what you're talking about there. Talking about, because you do get overwhelmed. And, like, even as an instructor, you get overwhelmed. You find, I find myself pulling myself back going, holy shit, I'm, I'm overloading with too much information now. Like, you can't you can't micromanage people that are learning at all, you know. Um I think if someone's picking up for a fly rod for the first time, uh, you know, the 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 doesn't matter. Like, you know, the, the basics of like um, of, of a stance and a grip, um, 
knowing which hand to cast with is, is another one and stuff like that. And ex- and if they've got a fishing background and explaining that the fly line is is now your sinker or your jig head, you know, like that's um that's a good a good way to sort of start. And then to go onto there, uh, a common fault for people that are starting is 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 overpowering the rod. One of the things I show students is um, carry a little bit of line. In the, like a, there's a there's a rule with uh, with casting, and that is you only move the rod tip in relation to how much line's out, mm-hmm. which is a little bit of a how long's a piece of string question. Like I could move the rod tip, you know, uh, you know, a meter with with a with a couple of meters of line out, uh, and do that at a million miles an hour, and I'm moving the rod tip too much for how much line's out. Now I could do the same distance um, smoothly and and slowly and i'm doing it right i could carry i could do that same smooth and slow motion with more line out and i wouldn't be moving it enough for how much lines out of the rod tip so one of the common things i see with, with students is that they'll um they'll overpower the shit out of it you know it'll look like an olympic ribbon event you know what i mean like it'll be um it'll like the huge loops you know like uh and then you start to get into casting arc and straight line paths then you know but um Generally, if you can, you know, you can start off small uh, and and generate a loop correctly, um, you know, after you've done the stance and the grip, it's a really good place to start. And then explain what how it's getting done properly, and that's when the the straight line path or casting art comes into conversation. And and you're really not really talking about graduation of power with only like a couple of meters of line out. Um, but once you start to get the head out, you know, to to still manufacture that same loop. Well, then you're going to have to do to um, generate that power gradually over the distance of that casting arc, right? So you can still see how the lesson unfolds from there, you know, from basics then. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Things sort of make make their way from there. They've got to start, I suppose, you know, and it's yeah. um. Yeah, yeah, there's that actual, you know, actually picking it up and you know doing the actual movements takes a little while to to form a, a muscle sort of memory, like you know you. You could use an analogy like oh, you're sort of like it's hitting a hammer and uh, you know a nail and a nail and a, a hammer and a nail into a wall or you know flicking. paintbrush is a good one like yeah flicking the paint in front of you instead of up you know yeah yeah that's a, that's a good one or a paintbrush full of water that's probably the closest analogy of action I reckon you know that one I used to use the one like uh, conventional guys because everyone usually everyone who comes for a lesson is fish lures or you know, at least at least bait. You know, and I, and you say like, if I gave you a a, a floppy um, one to two kilo spin rod, and we're in a room that had a roof the size of uh, you know like a five meter high ceiling, like a really low sli- ceiling, and I said I want you to cast the length of this room thirty meters with this sinker, with a with a straight over the top cast. You know, so you wouldn't load it up from where your casting starts, right? Because that sinker would just go straight up and hit the roof and come straight down. You have to gradually let, let that power go until you got to where you're pointing your direction, then accelerate right there, and that's where your uh, sinker would would um would go. That's a stupid analogy. The paintbrush is way simpler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but it's um, but it's along the same lines. You know, like if you, you gra- that gradual acceleration of power to the end to to flick that paintbrush. That's um, uh, I think that's a pretty close one. That's for sure. It's not enough to teach people how to cast, but it's a that's a good it's a good way of mo- uh putting the putting the action in your mind's eye yeah yeah that's probably a good way of putting it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well so um has this dude has this dude outfished you at brumba two yet or what <laughs> no not yet <laughs> what background does he have in fishing uh he does a lot of kayak and lure fishing yeah okay Pretty so good. That, 
that's a if that's a really important like when when you get people that sit on kayaks and they're low to the water like keeping that line aerialized is uh is a really in, important part of um teaching is is gear selection you know like if it particularly if they live in southeast queensland for example right and they're they're not fishing with size 22 parachute atoms you know they, they might be fishing you know dahlbergs or leeches or you know big, big stuff and they're wanting to get more and more distance out you know like uh um yeah, that comes that comes down to understanding a little bit of gear selection as well really um um it's got it needs to be part of the lesson you try and think of all these things so, so that when they go away that they're not gonna hate the sport they can see potential in it to, to persist and polish up their technique uh and just stick with it you know like that's that's the name of the game like if if you know if, if you're listening to this podcast and you and you go well i got a mate who wants to teach that those are some good points at the end of the day you can't overload them or micromanage them because the goal is from the go away and 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 try try harder, do better. Yeah, do better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it sometimes it helps to write that on their on their arm with, with <laughs> Nick, Nico. You know, do better, can't you know? Do better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, man. How, how did the lesson go? Did you uh, did you get him get him casting? Could he form loops and things like that? Yeah, I think every third or fourth cast, he, he formed a good loop and sent it maybe 50 foot, 40, 50 feet. Um, yeah, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, you had the head out, the the rod tip. Yeah, he's quite a coordinated guy. Like you just see him, like when kicking, quick kicking balls with the kids, he can he can certainly send it. You know, he's yep. he's uh, he's pretty good like that. Um, but yeah, he uh, most importantly, he did want to go on with it again. Like you said, I'd love to do some more. So yeah, you know, that's always. Um, for me, it's a barometer of success. As if they they want to do it again, yeah. Uh, and he sent me a he sent me a message on Facebook, um, you know, asking about you know is this outfit any good or is that one? And so he's he's clearly in the market now. So I felt like I'd sort of done my job. I didn't tell him to do a podcast on it or anything. But um, <laughs> uh, usually that happens after a year, right? <laughs> we'll know when he hits it big. There, there'll be uh, there'll be stuff on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> He'll go from wearing like Canterbury and rugby clothes to just nothing but fly fishing apparel all That's of a sudden. Be like yeah. a line in the sand. Yeah. Yeah. Rocking up to soccer training with a with a buff on and stuff, putting the soccer ball on his shoulder when he scores a goal, stuff like that. There'll be signs. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be, yeah. <laughs> it'll be yeah. Yeah. Uh that's it. I guess one other thing I suppose is um knowing when to stop the lesson too, you know? Um Mm. people aren't computers you can't program them you know like you can you can only give them um drills and and um and ways to diagnose their own faults so they could go away in their own time without someone staring over them and critiquing them um to, to do it themselves so you know sometimes it can only be a little bit you know let's uh, a little bit like uh explain explaining how loop's done go go away and get on the footy oval and work that shit out you know yeah yeah it's all it takes but uh yeah well, yeah, if it's, like you said, you know, you got to know when to stop. And um, you know, different people have different learning styles. Like they, they probably some people go away and digest, and they need the time by themselves in the field. You know, just practicing little bits and pieces. You know, that tie in better with their, with their own coordinations and that sort of thing. So, yep, yeah, yep. No, absolutely. Well, that's cool, man. It's, um, so essentially, what people need to understand is, is um, contact Volti at two a.m. for free lessons. And, uh, <laughs> and and doesn't matter when it is, preferably weekends and public holidays. Uh, he's there. <laughs> I'll travel to you. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. Oh, that's a uh, real philanthropy going on right there. Yeah. 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 Well, dude, what do you say we uh, we put a ribbon on this, hey? Yeah, let's wrap the puppy up. Yep. Yeah. Well. Good what? chat. Yeah, we covered a lot. Don't fuck up your fiberglassing, folks. It's uh, <laughs> you'll hate you'll hate your life. Yeah, that'd be shit. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll see you in a fortnight. Right, ta da. Yeah. The deepest circle of hell is reserved for betrayers and mutineers.